Forgotten Flicks remembers Harlem Nights, 1989. Quick! I'm gonna kill you, quick! You baby still one of my boys in the back of the head! And I know you had something to do with what happened to my brother, quick! Yo, man, I don't know what you're talking about! That's bullshit, man! You know what I'm talking about! You broke my nose, man! <laughs> Yo, man, I'ma say it one more time! I don't know what the <laughs> f*** y'all are talking about, and I suggest y'all let me go on my way! Oh, really? Oh, really? I suggest you kiss my ass quick. <laughs> Only way you going home is shot, motherfucker. Hello. And welcome to Forgotten Flicks Remembers, where we remember the movies you grew up with. I am <laughs> Joel, and I am joined by two beautiful, beautiful men, the Peter and the Daryl. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> thank thank wow. you. Wow. The, I want to thank the you Peter. Kind of... The Peter. Yeah. I realize <laughs> as, it, as I said it, that... It might be construed in other ways, but considering this is a Harlem Nights episode, and I'm got, yeah. I, I told Daryl actually Peter before you came on, just to bring you Are up. Allowed to, to cuss. Uh, well, here's the thing, I I, I suppose you can. <laughs> I, I actually, you have yet to hear the last Boy Scout episode, though. It, just so you know, it is ready ready for your uh, listening pleasure. Peter gets the extra benefit. <laughs> Of being the Q and A guy because he's apparently a glutton for punishment and wants to listen back to these things. Yeah. So, <laughs> I love pain. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> it, it, I, I actually went through and I managed, I think, to get all of, all of the uh, untoward comments in that <laughs> one. I will say I'm probably not going to bother with the actual movie clips from this one because the few that I have, other than the pinky toe, because it's so quick, they they all I think have, I'm pretty sure I don't know. I'm actually, you know, what I'm thinking about it because the trailer doesn't. Uh, you know, I don't think, actually, I think about it, I think my, the intro was the only clip I used that actually had the, the language in it. So hence my not safe for work comment at the beginning. Yes. But if you're listening to a podcast about Harlem Nights, I have to assume that you have seen this movie because if not, excuse me, excuse me, spoiler alert, please. There's a lot of cussing. A lot. Yeah. This side of a Quentin Tarantino movie, there's yes. a lot of cussing. A lot of cussing. So if yes. you're someone who does not like a lot of cussing in your movies, mm. this would not be the movie nope. for you. Not that, by a long shot. That, I mean, you you see Richard Pryor and, and, and Red, Red Fox, Fox and, yeah. Ella and, Eddie, and Eddie Murphy and, in a movie yes. written and directed by Eddie Murphy. Oh, oh well, you, yeah. This ain't touched by an angel, Della Reese, either. <laughs> The Della Reese that I knew first. Oh, that's what I was trying to remember. Because you made a comment 
I think it was in the last in the last Boy Scout episode about her being a minister or something. Yeah, she was a pastor. A pastor. So was it in touch by an angel? She was a pastor. In real life, she was a. By then, she was a. Pastor. Really. In real life, yes. For real. Yes, in real life, yes. This lady. Oh, now you're gonna shoot me in my pinky toe. That lady. Yes. Wait, this lady. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. You know who she sang with? Mahalia Jackson. Oh. At the age of 18. I knew she had a singing career. Yes. And I couldn't. Pastor. <laughs> We're just going to wait the next hour. We're just going to be back to Peter and I back and forth. Pastor. Really? Yeah, she came from the, the, the church. That was her thing. That's, that's actually, no, that, I think that's actually kind of awesome. <laughs> And I kind of, there's a there's a part of me that hopes the character minus the profession uh, in Harlem Nights like isn't completely removed from her personality, so that when she actually does preach, I would love that. That would be awesome. I would go to that church every every every, every Sunday. You betcha. <laughs> I go every day. Uh, every day. You just hang out the door. Is yeah. she here? Is she here? Yeah. Is Vera here? Please. Yeah, please. Yeah, she did. And she did a lot of TV because I was looking at her stuff. So Mm -hmm. just for for those who might be new to the show, okay, what it boils down to is this. We're going to go into a bit of the nuts and bolts, some of the people in front of, a little bit behind the camera, and then we'll go into a breakdown of the movie, which is really where we get into spoiler territory. Now, sometimes those two areas overlap. Mm -hmm. Most often they do. And... It's essentially just us getting to, you know, watch a movie and talk about it with some friends. That's the idea. So if this is a movie you enjoyed when you were younger or maybe you're not familiar with it, in which case we advise actually watching it, then coming back and listening. Hence the spoiler alert. We'll wait. We'll wait. We're still done. We're still waiting. So we like this is what we like to do. So without further ado, gentlemen. I say we go ahead and go into said nuts and bolts since we were bringing up Miss Reese. And uh, do you want to hear the trailer first? I realized the last couple episodes, since I had a little clip from the movie, I didn't play the trailer. So do you guys want to hear the trailer? Okay. This is a pretty short trailer relative to most of the ones that I've stuck you with. So let me go ahead and hit play. In 1938, the Knights belonged to Harlem. The place to be was Club Sugar Ray's. The man to know was Quick. Now, when you see Quick, I suggest you guys make plans to go elsewhere. You, I ain't afraid of going up against Smalls or Calhoun. That's because you're young. <laughs> Come on! Full of vigor. I work for Mr. Calhoun. What kind of work do you do? Whatever's required. What would a woman that fine want in a big, fat, nasty, greasy, 12 sandwich eating? What does she want with it? Oh, she likes fat guys. Eddie Murphy, (laughs) Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Danny Aiello. It's nice to meet you. Michael Lerner, Della Reese, Jasmine Guy. I'd like to go upstairs. Arsenio Hall. Oh, quick as mine. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta stop overreacting. Harlem Nights. I thought I was the only person who slept with his guns under the pillow. Look at her little gun. Oh, and there you have it. 
I, I love the the narrator, the the voice, the trailer voice guy. Mm-hmm. The knights belonged to Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's so different. <laughs> so yes, Harlem Knights, nineteen eighty nine. A number, another summer. Get down to the sound of the funky drummer. And <laughs> sorry, every time I hear that, year, every time I hear nineteen eighty nine, that's the first thing that pops in my head. Uh, okay. What the hell happened there? Uh, I do. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. So it has. Okay. It, I had. It has what I would call a robust cast. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yes. And D- Daryl, you you and I were discussing before we started recording uh-huh. th- that this is not a vanity project, as Mister Murphy was accused of when this movie came out. That, no, oh, this is a fanboy project. This is a fan. You are right. A fanboy <laughs> project because he got to have some of his heroes. Mm-hmm. Be in this movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and he and he, I remember as a kid uh, watching all the commercials, all not the commercials, the interviews that he would do, and he just—it was like a, he almost did a cartwheel the way that he would talk about doing <laughs> this movie with them. <laughs> he just and Della Reese was part of it. Like uh-huh. he just loved. Like he was just so happy to do it, and it. I could only, I can only imagine how he was heartbroken. About the way the movie was perceived. Yeah. yeah. I think it's almost as if, though, the process was so satisfying that maybe you're just like, yeah, I don't give a crap. But you like it, don't yeah. like it. It was his first direct and last direction. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was looking for any information about why it was his last. Because the assumption, and let's just go ahead and get this out of the way now. I, I You brought this up, Daryl, earlier to me, but I had forgotten how hated this movie was. Yeah, I, yeah this yeah. movie was yeah. hated. It was hated all the way from being a predominantly black cast to it being uh, the level of violence to being blamed for sparking violence in other movie theaters when it released. I mean, that kind of killed... The box office was sixty million, but that kind of killed. This was like one of his first movies that did that low in oh, terms yeah. of sales. Even though it was profitable, if it was someone else, they would have said it was a hit. Sure, but this, it was considered a failure. The theaters pulled the movie out, mm-hmm. like it was hurt because of which never happened. Like there was never a time where there are violence in a movie theater, uh, like The Godfather, for example. Mm-hmm. Even the bad one, The Godfather 3, there were violence in movie theaters with that, too. But Chains pulled the movie out. Like, that yeah. hurt this box office of this film. Yeah, that, that'll like that, do it. Not having yeah. it available for people to watch. <laughs> yeah. that, that is a I definite mean, it, box office killer. But he was blamed for it. Like, it was so crazy to be blamed for it. Yeah. But you took the film. Like, you did things that you would never do to other films. Like, take oh, them out of the weird. theater. And you blamed him for it not making more money. Like, Which might not be his fault. Yeah, I mean, if people can't if people can't pay for it to watch it. How the hell is it going to make money? Oh my gosh! It was like he was. It was like, how dare you do this movie? You're being punished for it. Well, and I also saw that it made a <laughs> lot of critics' top ten worst of the year list for 1989. Yeah, it got awards. For yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah. Razzies. It was nominated. What was crazy to me? That, that I'll be honest with you. After okay, so I, I, I'll let it. I think we're going to do an inverse here. Because I think this is probably better to be upfront about how we really felt about watching this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Going into it rather than waiting till the end and be like, oh, surprise. Because it, it usually you could tell. First off, it occurs to me how flawed that way of doing this show is anyway. Because generally, I think you could tell by the level of just snarky douchiness in my tone whether or not I, 
actually <laughs> like the movie or not. Uh, and the rest uh, of us can't buy me love. <laughs> can't buy me love. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. that being said, Harlem Nights, Daryl. Yes. Forget it, or worth remembering. Not worth remembering to your dying day. Okay, Peter. Well, duh. <laughs> I, well, see, if you were Siskel, I saw this in the theater. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, and it still holds up for you, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Basically, yes. 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 I also it saw it theater opening weekend. I think I eighty nine. I would have been. What, when did this come out in eighty nine? Relatively early in the year. I didn't. <laughs> March. I think it was no, our Christmas, was, yeah. I thought. Oh, it was Christmas towards, towards right. the end of the year? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it, did. it was released in March here in Sweden uh, the year after. Oh, 99. so 90. Okay, okay. So yeah. it was in, towards the end of the year. So I was 13 going on 14. And it was the summer that I went to go live with my dad because I uh, went to eighth grade with my dad. So I moved to the town. It went to the, ended up seeing it at the theater that I would one day uh, work at. But I saw it. I'm pretty confident. It was packed. I remember the theater was packed. And I am relatively confident based on my very flawed memory that my buddy Richard and I were in fact the only two white people in the entire audience. <laughs> I would say as the, uh, the only black person on this podcast at this moment that I know of, um, I love the, the things that I really love is when this is one of those movies where I went to go see it. And we, what, what's funny is when we go to see a movie with all, we root for a movie we love, right? Sure. And when you go to see a film where it's all black, the first thing we think of is, oh man, I hope it doesn't fail because that means they won't get another, you know, they won't get another yeah. film. So when I went to see this and I saw white people in the theater, I went, I was happy because that meant, wow, that means it's really doing well if it had other white people coming to go see yeah. the film. Like, that was the first thing I thought. Like, this really must be... He attracted... Because this was in his heyday. Like, well, this this is, was, Andy Murphy had a lot of... Yeah, a, yeah. What they call crossover appeal, right? Yes, he did. He, yes. This, was, this was his heyday. A year now. after Coming to America. He had done Coming yeah. to America. Beverly Hills mm-hmm. Cop 2 came out in 87, right? So yeah. this is... Yeah. Yep. So this was a big deal. Like at this, And then you add Richard Pryor to it, and he yeah, was still... Famous, and then Red Fox, who little yeah. less famous, but still famous. Yeah, I mean, incredible. Like, I mean, it's just not. Uh, uh, this was this was the big leagues, man. Like, this is the film we'd all waited for. Like, when I first heard they were going to do this, this. Yeah, I was so excited. These are these are people that I've list, snuck and listened to all yeah, of my I life. I run. Yeah, I remember first hearing about it. Said Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor in the same movie. It's like, yeah. holy crap. It's pretty much a comedic dream. Yes. Yeah. Now, and I, then I, adding Red Fox to it, they just go, oh, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And it being a gangster movie, it's like, what, what the hell? Oh, the outfits were great. Although, I actually, one of the things I noted was I thought yeah. that the costumes and the production design I liked, yeah. which again, apparently was something the critics ripped apart, at least on the. Now, I guess it got either nominated or won an Academy Award. It for lost costume. to William Shakespeare, Henry V. I was like, what? Oh, is that the Kenneth uh-huh. Bra- Isn't that the Kenneth Branagh one? Uh, is that what it lost? Yeah, I think that may be the one Kenneth. I don't. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I think he did Henry V that year. So one of the criticisms of it was that the production design wasn't good. I was like, really? Because I thought it looked crazy. I thought it looked great. It did. I don't. I don't. That's the thing. There was this movie. There was a thing. It was like there were two different things. There were the people that watched it and enjoyed it. And then there was the critics who hated it. It was like the divide with this film. It's like they they didn't see the movie at all. 
Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing. So from my point of view, I, like I said, saw it opening weekend with my buddy. And I remember being, you know, when you're 13 or 14, you, you hear those F-bombs. You like Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, I knew who Richard Pryor was. I knew who Red Fox was. But and a lot of the other cast members at that point, I was starting to become much more aware of who certain actors were. But there were still a lot of people in the movie that I didn't know yet. Now, we'll get to him because I definitely want to. I actually, at that point, I don't know that I was as aware of Robin Harris, but I would shortly become very aware of him, oh, thanks to HBO, because I remember yeah. seeing his one night stand, which I was like, that was a link oh. I sent you guys. I remember yeah. that. Exa- I yeah. remember sitting. I used to love watching stand up on HBO and mm-hmm. and even in the regular network channels because remember there it seemed to back in that time there was a ton of great stand up guys. And I'm not saying there aren't any now, but. That was my, the time that I remember really getting into it, and I yep. will never forget the whole you know watching his thing and and probably what he's quote unquote best known for was we baby kid <laughs> we don't die we multiply and it was funny rewatching that how many people in the audience as he starts you could tell he's setting up the bit as yes. if as if this audience has never heard it before and people had a baby kids baby and he goes he goes yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what was so good about the, and this was old school com. These were old school comics, yes. Which was the thing, like it, it, which I bathe in. I bathe in old school comics. It's just <laughs> where they could tell a story and yes. set it up. And I love it. And I they make it. the audience on. They bring the audience in the journey of yes. what they do, and it's so personal. Yeah. Like the, the yes. com- I love uh, comedy that is so personal. Yes. Yeah, it's great stuff. So, but I I was aware of a lot of people in it. But that being said, at the time, I know I liked it. And now rewatching it, I actually like. This is another one where I turned it off, and I was like, actually, that was a pretty decent movie. Like, I it wasn't like the funniest movie I've ever seen. I mean, I no. love Coming to America is a lot funnier to me. Right. Uh, but it's it's got its moments. It's I think probably the biggest knock on it that I would make is that it does it does run too long. I think that Arsenio Hall thing, which is actually funny at first, mm-hmm. it keeps playing and playing and playing. And there's moments peppered throughout it, like the where they're shooting the Tommy guns, and all of a sudden the one guy with his little oh, pee shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that was so funny. And the little and the little pop gun. To pop, yeah, pop, yeah, pop. pop, pop. Yeah. Stop it, we're <laughs> and here's the thing what's so funny about that whole sequence if you took that out of the movie uh-huh. in the grand scheme of things wouldn't have mattered. it really wouldn't have mattered because he has other moments where people are coming after him and trying to hurt yeah. him so you, you know, it was one of those things where I was like this is actually like a good 10 minute plus chunk of this movie that it's only in here because Arsenio Hall is his buddy <laughs> he wanted to put like this was a film where he basically was like all the people that I really love and I'm really good friends with yeah they're gonna they're gonna you're gonna get a chance to be in this it's like everybody wanted to be in this movie. including family because yes. had it not been because of the yeah. Chappelle show i would not have realized it i certainly didn't know it when i was a kid but as i'm watching i went Charlie murphy his uncle was in it too oh did he wasn't he a producer ray monk ray murphy was yeah he was, in a, it. He was, he was a producer on it too yeah yeah, yeah I, but he played a little part too yeah. And you know what's funny is is obviously people go, oh, well, that's just called nepotism. You know what? It may be, but I actually like that Murphy does seem to have a sense of loyalty because I also noticed how many people that were involved with this he had in uh, Boomerang and he asked right. he, they've been in other things. Yeah. And yep. so I don't know. I, I like that he seems. Well, Red Fox couldn't get a film anymore. Like they, Hollywood had pretty much yeah. uh, washed their hands of Red Fox. And he was going through tax problems. This movie got him out of tax problems. 
You see, it's so what funny to me. Red, yeah. Red Fox. This is his last one? What was yeah, that? This is his last movie. Yeah, he died. Yeah, he died shortly after, right? And, yeah. and Robin Harris died shortly after. Yep. Unfortunately, I, I, and it, it's, I remember that he had died. It's another one of those where I remember he died, but in my head, there was a lot more time between this movie, because he has a small part in it, right. and House Party, and what he did in uh, you know, the stand-up, and, and Baby's Kids coming out. Like, there was a lot more in my head as a kid that lasted more than 18 months so or, or whatever it was in real yeah. life. But it happens so fast. Oh man, it's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, but the uh, so yeah, we got like, we said Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Della Reese. Uh, on you have Danny Aiello playing this. <clears throat> He's obviously a I call him a racist cop, but I think it's probably just indicative of what the police would have definitely like all of yeah. them. I don't yeah. need to generalize here, but I think it's pretty safe to say that, that he was very indicative of what it would have been like at the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's a corrupt cop, definitely. He's playing a corrupt cop. Oh, yeah. Kind of douche. Yeah, but you know what I love about Aiello? <laughs> There's still something likable about him. And I don't of know. Course, it, because he's Danny Aiello. Yeah, but, I mean. but it's his, he gives across this sort of working man, broken. There's a little bit of a brokenness to him. Like oh, a, yeah, when he yells, yeah. Like a sadness. <laughs> like almost like the sadness. Like he's yeah. never lived up to his potential. And, the, and it's like you know that in his life, it, whatever character he's playing, you almost get the sense like his all he was ever told by his dad or whoever was how he had no potential. You know, like he just, he seems like this guy who's just broken a little bit, not like to the point of where he's self pitying and, and it, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but there's a sadness to him. Yeah. That's the only way I can put it. He get, he get, maybe he get bitched at when he gets home. Yeah, like, yeah, like almost like he's like a tough guy on one side, but that when you, yeah. but you'd see him yeah, in his gets, real life yeah. and he just gets such crap and he's broken down, he's beaten down, and you're like, I kind of, you're an ass, but I kind of feel sorry for you. I, I kind of yeah. just wanted him to get killed. Did you? <laughs> Did you? I mean, he's a jerk. I mean, the character it, is a jerk. I'm talking about Aiello, so the actor. <laughs> no, Aiello, the actor, is yes. great. Yes. Like, I love, that's what makes it so good is that an actor that I like. Yes. Can make me hate, hate him. him. You know he's a good actor, then, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. What was the first thing you remember him from? Oh, damn! Oh, that's a lot. It's a tough question because like, it goes way back. I actually can remember yeah. that. See, obviously, he was in things way earlier than the yes. first thing I remember seeing him in. But where I'm like, I know I was cognizant of. I remember when I first saw this particular thing he was in. I know exactly like where I was and seeing it. So to my father, nope. See, I know he was in that, which obviously really predates what I'm about to say. It was the video for Papa Don't Preach. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're so right. 86. He was that's the dad. So right. Yeah. And that's where I can, as I remember. Get my, that's where you remember him first? That's the first. Because like, where I could tell you, I actually remember it being, like, I didn't know his name, uh-huh. but I saw that video so many times. We didn't, yeah. I didn't have MTV at my dad's house, but my cousin had it, and he, I remember he made a VHS copy. It had Papa Don't Preach on it. It had the Run DMC Aerosmith Walk This Way on it. Yeah. And, loops. And it had, like, a heart, uh, these dreams. Those three are the only three videos. And I think it may have had, uh, Alice Cooper's Man Behind the Mask. I think that was on there too. They played uh-huh. those things so many times. And there was probably a, a bunch of other yeah. videos, but those are the four that always stuck with you me. Remember, yeah. Now yeah. that you mention it, that might be because, if, well, watching that video at the time, it's like 
I've seen this guy before, but yeah, where? Yeah. I never really. Yeah. You became very aware it. of him sure. because of the video. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, was well, that very much. Yeah, that's what yeah, it was. Because I, knew, yeah, he, I yeah. knew him from other stuff sure. when I saw, by yeah. the time I saw Papa Don't Preach, I yep. knew that this comes of age. This, this, this is when <laughs> yeah. the age shows on the show. Yeah. I, 1986. I remember saying him quite a few times before oh, yeah. that. And I'm like, hey, they got a big actor, a big name actor to yep. play in this video, yep. which was a big deal yes. at, the, you know, at that time. Yeah. Sure. But then you kind of think, um, I have to revisit stuff. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's been in a, a lot of. A lot. Great, a lot. I mean, great stuff. Right thing. A lot of. H- H- Hudson Hawk. Of, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not one of them. No. But he's been in a lot of things that <laughs> I love. They showed the, the Purple Rose of Cairo here not long ago. That's kind oh, of. Oh, yeah. yeah. Years. He's a great actor. He's a fantastic actor. He's just. There's something about him. He He has this realness to him yeah you know i you know i sent you that picture of the movie dinner rush from mm-hmm. 2000 mm-hmm. yeah watch that okay have you seen that daryl dinner it's rush familiar to me yeah a, a, a little a little tip for you if you're gonna watch it either you you gotta be eating at the time while you're watching it or i have had a ton of food before because you're gonna get hungry watching that it's it's food porn well, it's it's a gangster movie too, but but there it it takes place in a in a restaurant, so and there's a lot of great food in it. <sighs> I just like Sopranos got me every time. It, when the scene in Goodfellas when they're making in the prison, I wanted to go to prison. Oh yeah, yeah where he's talking about the sauce, how you make the sauce. Mm-hmm. Not talking about they show it too. I know. It is food porn. Oh guys, I gotta let you go. I gotta go watch Goodfellas. <laughs> And then I have to go get some food. I'm just going to randomly end episodes just at weird times because I got go, this sudden impulsive OCD urge to watch a certain movie yeah. that I've seen a thousand times. Uh, okay, so, so cool. yeah, so so okay, so we've established Mr. Aiello. Uh, I think also uh, Michael Lerner, who plays Calhoun, the gangster, yeah. the 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 big bad. I guess Another career say. actor. Yes, I've great character actor. The first, the, again, one of those guys, the thing I remember where I became aware of him was not from the movie as much in the trailer, and I don't know why this was for Barton Fink. Yeah. That's where... Wow. I, I had, had this, yeah, that's just so, such a very random thing. That yeah. I, that's what I remember Michael Lerner from as far as what I could think. Okay, that's probably the earliest moment that wow. I was like, I'm cognizant of this guy. Didn't know his name at the time, but was aware of him. I've yeah, known him from everything yeah, from MASH he's to... He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Brady... He was even in the damn Brady Bunch. Was he really? Yes. Who the heck was he in the Brady Bunch? He played Johnny. Again, I say, who was he? <laughs> I don't know. I, who the hell? How the hell I know? I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, uh, he was in a ton of yeah. stuff. I was going to... Okay, yeah. right, he was in No Escape, the uh, Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Radio yeah. Land Murders when I was being snarky about uh, oh, George Lucas. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he was. He was in that. Uh, I, was, I was looking through his uh, filmography and I found one called Strange Invaders from '83. Yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. I've seen that one. Yes, I remember that. You, it's like a, it's yeah. an alien sci-fi. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I saw like, that too. That <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah, he, he was elf. He was an elf. Oh, that's right. Not elf, but elf. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, eight Men Out. The John Sales. Movie right before Harlem Night. Uh, Harlem Night. Yeah, right yeah. before that, he was in Vibes. Who remembers Vibes? Come on, people. I think I do remember Vibes. 
Cindy Lauper, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I do. You, why? Why have we not done that? I don't. Probably because it's going to be painful. Uh, I was, I was, <laughs> when I was binge watching, I say, wow. when I was binge watching Community, and they, uh-huh. and the first time I think they go to Abed, Abed's room, uh-huh. and you see all the posters, and the fact they had a Vibes poster, I almost went out of my <laughs> skull. I was like. That is so random and obscure and awesome that they have a vibe poster. And I remember liking the movie, but I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind. That is I know I didn't straight up C and D. That is like garbage pale kids level C and D. I have Which no doubt. Why we, we, we should have done this already. <sighs> we'll put it on the list. <laughs> 2016 is gonna be a We are not scared of, of pain. We should have done I'm mad we never did Do this. Do you remember already. speaking and, and uh, earlier we were talking about Pre-pre-recording, uh, Daryl and I were discussing uh, the Star Wars movies and whatnot, and we mentioned Mace Windu and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. He, Lerner was in, do you, do you remember Amos and Andrew? Yes. With Nicolas yeah. Cage? And yeah. I would like to do that one again, because I'd be curious to see, because I know that was one of those where we're trying to make a movie that's against racism and kind of making fun of it. So I'd be curious mm-hmm. to know if a movie like that made in 1983... With all these "quote unquote" good intentions, if you go back and watch it, and you're you're thinking, <laughs> yeah, put on the list. Yeah, that one has to probably gone on the list too. <laughs> as long as we're not putting newsies on the list, I think. No hell no. Or or the, or the '98 version of Godzilla. Oh, now you're committing crimes. Yeah. What about Beautician and the Beast? He was in that as well. Do you remember that one with Fran Drescher? <laughs> remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. anyway, Della Reese, one thing I wanted to say about her. First off, everybody in this movie, I'm pretty sure, did at least one episode of A-Team. Because <laughs> going through their filmographies, she was B.A.'s mom, Mrs. Baracus. I believe that. We had someone from the Jeffersons on here, too. <sighs> Who was from the Jeffersons? You know that? You didn't, you don't, you didn't recognize uh, uh, Jenny from the Jeffersons. She played the daughter. That. Yes, oh, yes, yes, that's yes. where I knew her from. I, yes, she she yes. was the Richard, Richard Pryor's girlfriend, Sugar Ray's yeah. girlfriend. Yep. And yeah. by the way, it occurred to me, we are 32 minutes in and we've done no synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I, su- I suppose the trailer actually did a pretty decent it's job. Like, this movie it's, it's a gangster movie. It, it makes let's, you... let's do it quick. Okay, it's a gangster it. movie. One gangster wants to take over another gangster's business. Yes, there? yes. There you yeah. go. And the the, yeah. the one gangster is Calhoun, who's more the yep. sort of like the cliche Italian, you know, depression yeah, yeah, era gangster. And and really, I would say, actually, I don't think of Sugar Ray as a gangster. Like he's no, he wasn't. He's a businessman. He, 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 he talked yeah. about it. He he's a, a, he's he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Candyman. Yeah. He and he's running, and this is Prohibition era, so he's running basically a speakeasy is what he's running. Basically, yeah. A, the probably the worst hidden speakeasy. <laughs> And yeah, pretty much. But this, I mean, they all was this during Prohibition, though? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think it was. No, anymore. it would have been after Prohibition. Yeah, but they're doing illegal 30. gambling and stuff like that, probably. Yes, and prostitution. Ah, you know. Well, what does Della Reese's character Vera say? <laughs> what does she, she, she? How does she put it? I may be a. <laughs> she's like I may be a hoe. Ah, oh, damn it! I remember the line. Should have grabbed uh, that. But I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but you, but you call, but you call me you, Calhoun. Yeah, but she said something about being accusing her of stealing. Yeah. Like maybe a hoe. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, never, never, never accuse Vera of stealing. No, because you know what? When you get into a fight with her, and I do mean a real fight. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, sucker. 
Let's get it on. Like, you have no doubt she could just kick your ass. Are you kidding? I saw that scene three times yeah, last she night. She did. Yeah, that, my, my, my <laughs> wife and I were laughing out loud at that part. That was great. Although, yes, I mean, the, the, you could the, never the get away with that hmm? <laughs> No. No, the way the, the sound Eddie Murphy makes when she, she, she basically hits him so he flies out of his. Yes. That's great. I mean, the sound he makes when he. And there, you know what the thing about this movie is there's a couple moments where it does slip into a bit of the self-parody thing. But for the most part, mm-hmm. what I really liked about it is the characters don't know they're in a movie. And no, I no. think the only way any comedy hybrid, whether it's a horror comedy, a thriller comedy, which you really actually didn't do that bad. There's no such thing as a thriller comedy, a horror comedy, <laughs> a, <laughs> a action comedy. I would say this is more of a... I don't know, a gangster comedy, drama comedy, a dramedy, whatever. Yeah. I'd say it's actually yeah. not a dramedy at all. I'd say it's more of a comedy with yeah. dramatic elements. That's probably a better way to put it. But yeah. it's obviously meant to be somewhat of a parody to a little, a little degree of gangster films and, and, and oh, things yeah. from that era. But mm-hmm. it, it doesn't – the characters are not aware. They're not in on the joke. And no. I think those movies tend to fail – I actually like horror comedies. I know a lot of people hate them. But the mm-hmm. best ones are the ones where the characters don't know they're in a freaking horror movie. Yeah, when they, you're not looking at the screen winking at the Exactly. Yeah. And there was never yeah. that moment that I can recall in this movie where Eddie Murphy turns to the camera and winks. There's more of that in nope. even no, coming no, no, to no. America than, yeah, more yeah. Of that there. than in this movie. And in fact, there's some really actual, in my opinion, real moments. I mean, uh, the Smalls getting killed, like his the way he looks, I mean, that's pretty rough. I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> it was violent. I mean, and there was violent all across the board. There was violence. I mean, it, they didn't they didn't pull back on the no, kill. no, they didn't know. But oh. yet, but then you have it offset by Smalls' brother, which and I did like the whole mistaken identity thing, where he thinks that Quick, the Eddie Murphy character, has killed his brother, and that's mm-hmm. why he's doing the whole "I'm gonna kill you, Quick," and yeah. he's like freaking out. And as a kid, I didn't get it. I remember to this day, I can remember thinking, because as I was watching this time, I'm like, what the heck was hard to get, you dupe? (laughs) But I'm watching it thinking, I remember as a kid not understanding who Arsenio Hall was in like why he was after Quick. And I don't Uh, know if it's I just forgot somewhere along the years. And then I I just assumed I got confused. Like I couldn't remember why is he crying? Why is he trying to kill him? Is he hired by? I thought he was one of Calhoun's guys. Like I didn't get that he just wanted. Yeah, but it's it's a very quick scene. uh, Oh, quick scene. Uh, He he sees quick coming out and they're standing across the street. Why are you coming out my brother's? Yeah. And this, of course, is before Mr. Hall did his show, right? It was around this time. Wasn't it like shortly thereafter? Probably because it was eighty nine ninety. He came on the show. He did come on his show. If I remember, oh, was it a, maybe he had already had he maybe started his show at this point. I think he might have okay. eighty nine. Yeah, eighty nine is kind of because I remember him coming on. It was a big deal when he came on the show, and then they broke up. <laughs> they did. It was like a thing. Like they broke up. They yeah, I know. Up. Yeah. Well, why? Why did they? Did we? Have... I don't even know what the, the problem was. They just they were friends, and then they weren't. And I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what the deal was. It was weird. I, yeah. I don't know because it was such a big. Do you think Rick? A, do you think Rick James had something to do with it? I never know because you know drugs. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. It is. It always is. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> and there's a th- and I think Eddie Murphy. Not everybody will probably get it, but.
but they're um, watching this movie if you don't know how it was back then. Like if you're not a you're not a historian into that how it was at that time uh-huh. in real life, that level of when you're doing illegal stuff, even when you're running clubs and stuff, and you, you you're doing that in Harlem, there was always that level of uh, because of racism at that time. There's always that level of this can end in any if 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 anybody white in charge decides that you're decides, getting too big, yeah, yeah, this could end. Just like that, yeah. Like it, 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 without just with a snap of the fingers. Like you're never tough enough. Like you could be tough if you want to. You could be a gangster in your neighborhood, yeah. yeah. But you will never. But be you able didn't to have be enough a, institutional power, no, to overcome to be, that. No, and they they kind of addressed that too. But they kind of sugar raised. So we we got to relocate. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't even think twice about it. He's just like, no, yeah. no. It's like, yeah, we got to do it because. Uh, the, the man kind of put the the lean on us, and he he doesn't want to go up against uh, Bucky Calhoun. So and Sugar Ray like that, and, and it it goes to the young and the old. Like if I was back in the slavery days, I'd have, I'd have kicked everybody's ass. Yeah. They wouldn't tell me what to Wasn't, do. Did Chappelle do yeah. a bit about that too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the wasn't the uh, i'm trying to remember didn't it go something to the effect of that's the guy's talking all that crap yeah and then he goes the, back there <laughs> and then the whip hit him in the back in the back because <laughs> no one knows what it fit unless you had it happen to you that's not a normal thing you don't know what it feels like to be hit with a whip in your back so that first hit uh yeah that's a pain you never felt before that's no so it's it, all of that's there. Like he's trying to tell. Like it's a generational thing where it's like he's older and he knows. He knows. Yeah. He's smart. He knows the deal. He knows the context of where they live in. Where there's a certain way you can only go to a certain level, yeah. and then you got to watch yourself because you go past that and they slap you down. So you can't do that. Quick is the hothead. He's the young guy. Oh, he's brash. Yeah. He's the whole. No uh, yeah. parents. Yeah. That was his father. Yeah. You know? I love that. I forgot about that opening scene with the Snaggletooth guy. <laughs> I love me. that part. <laughs> that yeah, the way, the, the, yeah. And when he says, I'll take this little boy home to his dad. My dad's dead. Yeah. Well, your mom. She's no, dead first too. he said, did you kill him? Yeah. Did, did yeah. No, no, that, that comes after. He, oh, yeah, right, right, after right, said, right. And he says, did you kill him? No, nah, they're just dead. <laughs> <laughs> Running numbers was just the thing. I mean, you you do it for you know your kid. You 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 do stuff for people. You know they yeah, tell you, you run get, numbers. Get cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, if you're a kid or if you're sunshine, right? Sunshine. <laughs> that people was funny. Quote that. Yeah, people still quote that. Uh, that <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was that was a, a pop reference, a pop culture reference. That became a pop culture reference after this movie. Do you, the act, the actress who played. <laughs> Sunshine, uh, mm-hmm. and in, for those that don't know, because again we make the assumption you've seen this movie, but just on the high level that you haven't, uh, one of Vera Della Reese's characters, quote unquote, girls, mm-hmm. apparently uh, has a certain part of her anatomy that is uh, so amazing and wonderful that if you throw it up into the air, it creates sunshine. So the actress that yeah, played Leela Rashawn, yeah. first off, Lila. do you know who she's married to? Mm, I forgot. Nope. Antoine uh, Fuqua. Huh. The guy who did well, just recently Southpaw, he did Equalizer, yeah. he did Training Day, yeah. uh, Olympus Has Fallen. I, I, I like, I tend to like his movies. So I forgot he, I forgot that they got. Yeah, there. yeah, he he didn't do too shabby. I'm just no, saying. not yeah. at all, not at all. I'm sure he's a lovely man, and I'm I'm sure she feels that she married nicely. But I'm just saying he did not do too shabby. Well, he's all right. I mean, he, no, he's no me, 
He's well, of course he's no you, but who is? Who is? He did all right. Who is? So the sunshine is on him. Yes, like, but now who is? I, I didn't catch. I don't have it up on my my little cue here. Who is the actor that played? Essentially, there's a guy that they they end up running a scam. So back to what you were saying, mm-hmm. Sugar Ray wants to leave. Richard Pryor's character wants to leave the area. Quick does not. He wants to stay up and fight. Well, what I liked is that they almost come up with this middle ground where they're going to get back at Calhoun, yes. but at the same yes. time, they're still going to leave. They're going to be smart and say, you know what? Yep. This is too big for any of us, but we could still get, get them. If we have to go, we're going to make sure we take some people down with us. So I, I, I love that they go there, and I love the way there's that balance to what they do. Mm-hmm. And, when, and part of their, what I thought was a pretty clever thing is there's a, a big fight that's going to happen between a black fighter and a white fighter right. and people are putting all their money on one Jack Jenkins Jack Jenkins the champ I really cannot believe I'm about to be the PC guy here uh-huh <laughs> but and I get that it was maybe the t- going back to maybe it's the time it's a simpler time but stuttering really isn't funny no it's not you know what I mean like I know his overall Mike Tysony voice when he <laughs> did talk Clearly, yeah. you know, yeah, that, that's ludicrous. You know, he had that sort of tone, uh, a la Mike Tyson. I guess that's kind of funny coming out of a big, strong dude who could pound you into the dirt. But I don't know. I guess this, it always, I remember as a kid, I'm sure I laughed. Uh, but I don't know. Now I was like, you know what? They never, they never make fun of him. They, they stutter. They kind no. of do a couple times. Actually, the one who makes the most well, obvious. Yeah, Sugar Ray does. Sugar Ray Sugar makes, Ray. makes a yeah. comment. Yeah. I thought you see, I think he says something about you know it took us a while to get there or something. But it's not. Yeah, because yeah, because the the champ says uh, he's going to be beat the the white the dude up. Right. Yes. They, you know what? what I, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. They never uh, laugh the, at him. I think that's what it is. I oh. tend to be the kind of person that I am all for laughing at people for things that they should know better. But when somebody can't help something, you know, make fun of politicians who do dumb crap. Make fun of, you know what I mean? Like, I just, right, right. No, I get what you yeah. The, the only guy who's actually mean to him uh, that way is uh, is uh, Canton. Then, uh, uh, that, that's guy. what I'm going to say. He's, he's, he's a jerk mean. about it. But he's, he's a mean to yeah. everybody. Yeah, I know. That's I mean, uh, Sugar, Ray is, uh, Sugar Ray is more kind of... Uh, well, well, making fun of it, but not. I guess you feel like I felt like Sugar Ray. There's a part of him that wants to make fun of it, but thinks yeah. better of it because this yeah. guy could easily kill him. Well, that, basically, yes, yeah. But that, that that's the that, that's the scene I was uh, alluding to, where he says uh, he's going to beat the champ up, and yes. he says, "You know what I mean." And yes. then Sugar Ray says, "Well, I do now. Yes. It took a while, but yeah. I do now." Yeah, yes. And they love I mean, Sugar Ray. Like that character yeah. is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like pretty much the community loves it. Oh, the, oh, yes. the, oh! You mean Jenkins or Sugar Ray? Sugar uh, Ray. I'm talking about Sugar Ray. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that you're talking about Jenkins. Yeah, so he failed, can't uh, be mean. He like he, he, he's never portrayed as the mean guy in the movie. No. Yeah. No, I mean he he bails everybody when Canton shuts them down, and he puts right. every, every guest in the uh, and a limousine. Bail. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, and he, and with he, chocolate. He bails them out. What I love is how the cop comes up and says, you know, we, we, you know tell him how much it's going to be, and that'll scare yeah. him off. And he goes, he goes, that'll be uh, 120 or however many people it is. And that'll come to uh, $7,500. And he goes, get, money. Yeah, yeah, he just takes his, he reaches, what I love is he reaches in the briefcase and just takes out a stack, like a little stack, yeah. tosses it up. Then what do you say? Can I get a receipt for that? Or he says something. Yeah. And, and yeah. the guy has that look like. And that, that is kind of, I would also give this, this for me, that, that we were coming up. This is kind of the scene where 
as as people of color, we would always love to see this. Like this is <laughs> this is like the if you're a fat guy and in the movie the fat guy gets a pretty girl. Yeah. You you yes. you cheering. You love this. This is great. Yeah, but it's it, just like a Red Fox's character uh, describes it later on. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's like the, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, this yeah. is what you want to see. Well, and I think <laughs> if you really if you really come right down to it, you can look at it from two different positions. One, it's putting somebody in their place. Who yes. really has is showing you to, no respect at all and should be right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. last time I checked, it's the whole sugar race. He does pay taxes because they don't imply that he's a you know completely running in a completely illegal. I mean, he does do illegal stuff, but yeah, no doubt, yeah, no doubt, yeah. you know, he still is trying to keep the image of a good businessman. So right. he probably doesn't want to get involved with the IRS. So to some right. degree, I'm sure there's some level of tax paying. Thus, he pays that dude's salary. Number one. Number mm-hmm. two, it's not just coming down to that idea of. Uh, you know, putting somebody in their place, but it, what he did is he immediately evened the playing field. Well, Fast and the Furious did the yeah. same thing, you know. Which one? The first movie? Recently. Or the, or the, uh, no, the last, the, the one seen, before I, the last I one. I think I've seen up There's to three. There's a scene with Luda, played, the characters of Ludacris, uh, sure. that Ludacris played yeah. and Rock, uh-huh. where they go, they're going to buy these cars. Now they're all, Ludacris and all of them, they're millionaires. Even though they were criminals, but they mm. stole from other criminals. Yes. So, they're millionaires. The guy doesn't know this, so the French guy, the European French guy, he, he sees them and he's like, "Oh yeah, you can change your clothes in the back." He automatically assumes that they are you there know, to work. Ser- they're they're yeah. servants or whatever. So after that, like first, um, the Rock is like, "All right, we're not going to steal these cars, right? You're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna buy these cars from the government because they're working for the government yes. now, trying to get this guy." And when they say that, a switch goes off in the Rock. Too. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, I am still a person of color. Mm-hmm. And then that switch went off, and he was like, All right, not only am I going to buy all these cars, when he gets the cars in, he tells them, You know what? I think I want your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think I want your pants. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll take that watch. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I want that too. And oh, yeah, you can go now without in your underwear. You can go home now. I mean, that we're uh-huh. not going to give you a ride or anything. Uh-huh. That's. <laughs> and that was just the, you know what, that that was basically this scene. That mm-hmm. was that yes. was kind of a callback to that scene where you automatically yep. assume that because of who I am, because of what I look like, I couldn't afford yes. this. Didn't, so I will didn't a couple that. years ago, didn't a couple years ago, mm-hmm. this happened to Oprah? Yes. Wasn't she, it was in Europe somewhere, right, wasn't it? Yeah, they thought that she was, that she couldn't afford you guys, it. You, so you guys know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not imagining that, right? Yeah, yeah. See, I immediately assume it's it's Oprah Winfrey doesn't, it, it doesn't everybody know who Oprah Winfrey is, number one? No, apparently no, not. Uh, apparently not. Number no. two, irre- it, it's, it, you know what it is? It's the pretty woman thing, right? Yeah. It's somebody walks yeah. in and you, based on how they look or dress or whatever, you make you these judge. assumptions, you judge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is, is that sometimes, sometimes, like in Pretty Woman's case, it's not like the woman judging her was completely mistaken because technically she was, in fact, a prostitute. But, right. however, <laughs> however, later on, she returns and she has, a sim- like what you're describing here, that similar mm-hmm. moment of... You know, oh, I could afford it here. Just so we're clear here, I could afford all this crap, which, again, Pretty Woman is probably the worst example to use ever because technically it's not even her money. But that's okay. Whatever. I'm still making the point here. I hate that movie. It's a good movie, too. 
You hate that movie? <laughs> that was awesome. Why? The timing was so perfect. Because she's just, <laughs> uh, this whole thing of her being, um, it's just a fake love story. It's not real. Yeah, like, it's, it's not, not, even... not it, It's probably actually, if you really get right down to it, it's probably morally irresponsible. <laughs> It totally is, which I've watched yeah. movies that are morally responsible and like them. Like, oh, okay, that's true. That's, that's probably not the, no, that was that's not the reason hey. why, yeah. But, it's just but the, the f- person I like most in that one... Richard Gere. Not, no, no, not him, too. Not him. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's uh, uh, oh, God, J- Jason what? Alexander? No, the, the guy who works at the hotel. Uh, the, the security... Oh, Alexander, um, oh, uh, right? Hector Alexander's character? Yes. Yes. That's the best character in that whole movie. Yeah. Yes, I because agree with you on that. He's generally nice. Yeah, I agree with you. All, all I know is I remember I liked I liked Roxette, and they have a song. <laughs> I think the yeah. way that people reacted to the movie was the turnover. Well, Peter, what did you, what did you say? Peter, Peter was like getting. Oh, yeah, the singer, the singer in Roxette. She she grew up, so, uh, well, kind of where I work now. <laughs> really, <laughs> a small. T- so, I'm just going to throw it out there. She was not ugly. No. But I'm sorry. And Daryl, what, what were you saying? It just annoyed me how people reacted to, that, reacted to that movie. Like, if I saw another girl tell me that is such a love, such a great love story, I'm like, he hey. bought her. Yeah. What do you mean? That is not a love story. The love story is between him and money and her and money. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is definitely like what it. it was. I mean. My thing is, look at the movie and be honest about it. Don't tell me it's a love story. It's not. He, she fell in love with him. He was rich. They would not be together right now if it wasn't well, for. Well, it probably him. didn't hurt that he looked like Richard Gere. Well, no, probably, and it, it probably didn't hurt that she looked like. What, 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 like are you? Wait, 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 wait. No, I, we have to get this on the table right now. I realize this is supposed to be the Harlem Nights episode, and somehow it's devolved we'll into Pretty Woman. <laughs> but I want to. I want to say this. Are you implying? That Julia Roberts in her prime mm-hmm. is not uh, indicative of the atypical, or rather, she is atypical. She's not indicative of the usual lady of the night that walked Hollywood Boulevard. Are you implying? Yes. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know, Joel. I'm just saying. I'm implying. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a well, fake prostitute thing. Like she yeah. wasn't even really a prostitute. It was like she just had that. Like I've never been. I've never been sullied by having to actually do. I've never actually. I've never actually had sex with any of my jobs. Like that movie totally told little girls like that's how it is. Like you can one day be you know picked by a rich guy to love you. Like it. It. I. So again, what we're basically saying is, well, it's true. Since the the movie, we're not talking about Harlem Nights at the moment. (laughs) Pretty Woman painted a a pretty picture of uh, prostitution. It might have lured young girls into false pretense, and they're now, well, Uh. coked up somewhere. And they thought this was not supposed to be awesome. Wait, wait, wouldn't it be awesome? All the horror movies, all the you know, any movie. Horror horror Good point. I probably should enunciate <laughs> better on that one. Horror movies, or any movies that supposedly glorify gangster life, like the, like Harlem Nights that they was accused of that. Mm-hmm. None of those movies caused people to do it. No. But Pretty Woman, <laughs> yes. 
we have done a study that has shown that actually uh, approximately 8% of the young ladies who watched Pretty Woman within two there years. that fake, that fake love story. There was kind of of that. I, I don't know. I just hate. I don't like. I'm not a feminist or whatever. It, I, either way, I don't. I mean, I'm not coming at it like. So you hate women, is what you're saying, Daryl? No, no, no. I don't hate. Just women. Just say it, Daryl. I guess I am a feminist. If you love women, I guess I do. I'm not coming as it as being judgmental of 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 all films. Like I'm not coming at it like they have to be a certain way sure. and they have to tell no. certain stories, or else it's you hate women. If you don't, if you do tell a story about this, you hate women. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I, the way that. The characters were written in, in Pretty Woman, and the way that they were portrayed, there was the way that she, they, people were rewarded for being so shallow. I think that's a fair assessment. And so, yes. so then we can determine then, uh, Pretty Woman is your movie pick for this episode, Daryl. Yes. <laughs> okay, so back to Harlem Nights. Yes. I actually am rather proud of us that digression, while barely, <laughs> barely. <laughs> Related in any tangential way. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's criminal world. Yes, I'd rather li- I'd rather live in Harlem Knights world. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, it seems more fun. <clears throat> yes, it does. Much more. Fun. So the, let's see. Was there any other? Let me. Th- I, there was something else I know I wanted to bring. Stan Shaw was Jasmine Guy. Jam- Jasmine Guy. Oh, that's right. Jasmine that's, Guy. And I think you Whitley. were talking also about Vic Vic Pelosi's. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so yeah. So back to that point. Back to sunshine. I think it was originally what took us off key with sunshine. What sunshine does? It it does it every time. So yes, he is the. He's basically the the courier, right? He picks up the big hunk of cash. Mm -hmm. What the hell is his name? Politzos, who plays Richo. Richie yes. Vento. And I don't yes. remember what, I don't even honestly remember what I know him from other than this, but I know I know Night him from other stuff. Everything. Yeah. Night of the Creeps, It's His Honor. Who is he in Night of the Creeps? Was he with the cops? Uh, uh, Night uh, of the Creeps. I think he was the coroner. I think it was the coroner. Was he really? Maybe. I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. Huh. But he's been, he's been in a, a ton of stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, even who's the boss. Uh, that's probably yes. what it is. <laughs> So, was he on A-Team? He probably did A-Team as well. <laughs> well yes, he did. You're li- yes, he did. <laughs> did? You're the kidding. With Harry. Everybody, did. except for Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and maybe even Red Fox, I'm pretty sure everybody else in this freaking movie did an episode <laughs> of A-Team. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, uh, yeah, he was the guy. He's the courier. He is key to their plan, uh, sticking it to Calhoun. And Theoretically, it- I'm not into color girls. What does theoretically mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he said it so like like it was a scientific thing. Yeah, like, theoretically. theoretically. Yeah. I have a hypothesis. <laughs> if her name is Sunshine, this, I'm going to have sex with her. Yeah. This colored woman is so pretty that I will have sex with her. As if you're doing wait, as if he's I, doing her the favor. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So they use this young, beautiful woman yeah. as, I guess you could say, bait. Yes. Yeah, and and makes her him fall in love with her, and uh, it was. And it turns out as the joke, and actually it was a good callback back to your idea of callbacks, Daryl, where she introduces herself, and there's this sultriness to her, and everything else, and and you know, what's your name, Sunshine, and we've established. <laughs> what that really means. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Now, I thought it was brilliant going back to the way they set things up in this movie, or I guess Eddie Murphy did, that there's a moment where towards the end, when the, the whole plane is coming together because they're going to you know really take a bunch of Calhoun's money and stick it to him and she is with sunshine's with the guy the the money guy and she is having this tender moment with him and he cries and tells her he loves her and literally she le- and here's the thing what's smart is had they left it there with her and we know she's gonna she's faking the whole like loving him thing it's like again that whole like he's a loser and you really don't like him but right. at the same time there's a part he goes yeah you know i kind of feel bad for the guy up until the moment where he grabs oh, the phone Yes, and then they were really super smart because it wasn't like he just says, "Hey, honey, it's me. I'm not coming home." He's, he goes, "He goes, hey, honey, put your it, mommy on the phone." Yeah. You hear your kid's it's voice, you jerky sack of crap! And, oh my god! So, but it was brilliant. It's, he looks all smug. He's like, "Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I left my family yeah. for yeah. her." And it's like you're I'm like, "Oh, in anything this jackass gets at this point, you're like, good." So it was smart, right? We don't have, because otherwise, there's a part of the audience that might feel kind of bad for the guy. You don't want yeah, them to feel no. bad for this guy. No. No. So that, I thought that was a nice so touch. Whipped, though. It was so though. Oh, it was great. So funny. It was so great. Like, it's so good. I, I'm not going home to them anymore. <laughs> he cries. <laughs> he cries over He it. cried. He did. He cried. He got teary eyes. He's like, I really love her. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so. So yeah, so that that all happens. Uh, there was other moments in this movie too that I really liked. That we we uh, we talked about the fight between Quick and Vera, and oh. and, and, it, and it culminates with. Oh, now you're gonna shoot me in my pinky toe. I just love the way she says pinky toe, and I don't know why. I, oh, I, oh, my pinky man. toe, Valerie's. and to see a man and a woman. They were like fighting, like straight yeah, up. Yeah, like, like you would not see something like that. The sound like, effect reminded or, me of in Ra- I always thought in Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indy hits somebody. Yes, it sounds like yeah, a gunshot yeah. going off. That's almost the sound effect. Yeah, <laughs> they yes. punch each other in the face in this movie. Yeah, like he punched her straight up. Like he was. He was oh, you want to fight? He punched yeah, her in the stomach. When she look said, at his face. Oh, oh, I know. I love that he hits her and she does that thing where she leans over. She's like, oh, and you think she's moaning. Yeah. And she, yeah. she kind of does that. Oh, and then she rises up and it look on his face. Yeah, he knows. Oh, it's great. He knows. It's like a little bit of that Ted Bundy when they go, let's rock. When he gets hit. Uh, Al, Al Bundy, not Ted Bundy. I mean Al Bundy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, to Daryl's defense, we, we may have been talking about serial killers prior to recording. <laughs> it's okay. yeah, it all gets jumbled up in the middle. I'm, I'm old. Yeah, you're okay. Well, you're, you're forgiven. <laughs> and the and guys around you forget it. Yeah, you got beat up by Vera. But the, everyone made it even them. more funny because they're standing around going, oh. Yeah, oh. they know. <laughs> they know what's gone down. He turns around like, and he's laughing, like, before even the fight, when he's laughing and he's pretending to be, he says, oh, hold me back, hold me, don't hold me back, I'm, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, he thinks it's a total joke. Oh, man, and they're, and they're trying to warn him. But that all leads to later on when they realize, okay, they got to do this plan and get out of yeah. town, and she's making him sandwiches, and he comes in to apologize because... He's told by Sugar Ray, and what is uh, Red well, Fox? Well, Beanie does it. Benny. Benny Benny. is the one. I think. I assume that. I mean, Benny. I yeah. assume that Benny is like they're 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 either married or they just been together for so long. Yeah, yeah. The way they act with each other. Yeah. That's so true. when Benny, because they were really good friends uh, up until they did a show together. They were doing a, a sitcom together, I think. Okay. Two before that, um, 
But even when when Benny comes and she's saying to her uh, to quick, you, you you should apologize. And at the and then in the next breath, she she complains about why you leave, why you. Uh, I actually turned her, in the refrigerator. Yeah, she, she says she goes she goes hi. Why did you leave a swallow <laughs> in? And dude, that is my I could hear my grandmother. Saying that, you. and I actually I go. She goes, "That is so dumb. Who leaves just a swallow in <laughs> in the in the orange carton?" Yeah. She's kind of right. That yeah. is dumb. Who does that? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. I don't know why I did that as a kid, but I did, I did it as a kid too. That's why I said I literally her say. Especially, I think we all did. See, my grandmother was from Louisiana. One of my grandmothers uh-huh. was, and that that swallow that that phrasing is exactly what she would say yes. why would you leave a swallow in the carton i did it with kool-aid too all the time <laughs> i know why i did it because the last one to use the cool to drink all the kool-aid you had to make more and i just yes. a lazy bastard oh see but that, nah, that's not that's, that's kind of smart yeah so you leave a little swallow yeah a swallow <laughs> That's awesome. Then you know your mother's gonna. As come soon as she said that in the movie, it's like it, it was this moment of being taken back to being you know, ten years old, and I could totally hear my grandmother saying that. Oh, exactly. this is home. These conversations and the and yelling, the way that people yell at each other. But yet you know they love. But they, you know they love each other. This was home. This was such. This was home. But quick, when Quick goes in to apologize to her, and she's just yes. pretending like I don't care, and the, and the way she all of a sudden he leaves, and she, I love that little boy. And it, it was. And yeah. It was actually really sweet. Yes, it yeah. was sweet. I thought it was great. All, uh, it was. Now, all the it scenes was with them, even though they're swearing and cussing at each other, it's it's you get the love. Uh, th- these people really, truly, deeply love each other. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a thing in our community uh, where when you raise a, when you raise as a man, you especially at that time, you can't be. There was a thing of you can't be too sensitive. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to raise a sensitive boy because in this world. <laughs> as rough as this world is, you got to be tough. Yeah, and that the thing where you can't do too much at hugging. I mean, it's silly now, but then it was no. you can't do too much at hugging. You gotta you gotta make a warrior. You basically is saying it. you have to make somebody that t- tough enough to deal with day to day. Otherwise, it'll break them, or, or otherwise it will break them. Like, yeah. and that's the that's thing sad. with that. So it's sad, but it, yeah, yeah. it was the way it was, I, and then. In some places, it still is. It, yeah. You have to be that way. You know, you just have to prepare them for the reality, not the not the fantasy of what you would you would like it to be. be. Yeah, right. And that and that kind of is in this film without explaining it. It's there. See, and of, I will say that's why in this movie's defense. So I think we, you know we've laid it on the table. We know how we feel. I, I I don't know if I actually officially said it. I think it still holds up in a lot of ways. I I do still feel it's too long. I think yeah. that's, I started I saying that. that, and I think that whole thing with Arsenio, it really wasn't necessary. There was a couple moments like that where you know they just did it for the joke. He didn't want to cut it. He didn't want to cut it. It's still a little less than two hours. It does drag in points to me. Now, that being said, this movie is definitely worth seeing to see the people you know, people at the end of their careers, like Red mm-hmm. Fox and, unfortunately, Robin Harris, uh, you yeah. know, to see you know Eddie Murphy sort of at that peak of mm-hmm. he just come off of coming yeah, I mean, to America. It's the only movie he ever wrote and directed, right? Yeah, but the acting is this is uh, the acting between uh, well, well, basically the but most of the the, the cast is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, you, you know these these actors and actresses they they know what they're doing. I mean, it it never really comes off as acting. No. It, it comes work. off as real. It was at work. To them, when they were doing, and that's a lot of you heard a lot of that too with the with the actors there. They were like, "This was 
this was we got paid to hang out and just be yeah. with friends. See, I think this, this is, is this movie's an example of it was probably a lot more fun for them to make. Mm-hmm. It's it, yeah. it, this is literally a process movie. That idea that in art you have a you you know you really should get caught up in the process more than the end result. It's why so many actors will not watch a movie or TV show they're in because quite frankly right. they don't care. They were there. Right. They filmed it. They know it was work. It was work. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> they, what they get out of it isn't the end product. It's the right. process. So right. I think for everybody involved in this movie, it was definitely process. Now the end result matters for the obvious reason. And, it, you know, when it comes out, for it to get things, I don't know, I guess what shocked me is I think in 1989, what else came in out in 1989? And I didn't bother looking, but I'm sure I could have found easily, easily 10 movies far worse than this. Oh, yeah. And it really wasn't, I guess if you're going by the standard of other than Golden Child, which I actually have a fondness for, but I know it was, part, it, was, yeah, sort, it, it was sort of in the middle, though. Of all of Eddie's hits, it was the one that teetered a little bit. You could see, mm-hmm. okay, this guy may not be completely invincible. Beverly Hills Cop 2, I, I like it. It's not a perfect movie. It's definitely not as good as the original. But, no. but it's not a bad movie. But think about it. this man, this man went from Saturday Night Live and really the guy who saved Saturday Night Live. He, yeah, he did. Single handedly. That show yeah. was on its way out. Yeah. He, he saved it. So he goes from that at what, 19 when he started that. I always forget, like, God, he was like a freaking kid, kid. He, yeah, was only he, was. he was a kid. He, he was, was only 28 yeah. or so when he made this, right? Yeah. I don't think of him kid. as being older, like a lot older than me. He's actually no. not that much older than me in the grand scheme of things. So, to come out of that and survive, like, and not get caught up in, 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 you know, getting drugs. I mean, a lot of comedians were getting. Oh. Yeah, with drug addicts. I mean, as as uh, fantastic as Richard Pryor, I mean, that was one of his his uh, jokes, right? I mean, he had a whole bit about you know his freebasing and right. and what it resulted uh, in and and everything else. So fire, fire. <laughs> but, but think about it. Think about it. He went from Saturday Night Live to to four to, to he did do trading. You know, he did forty hours. Then he did trading places. Yeah. Right. Then he did. Um, what was the other big one he did right around that time. 48 Hours, Trading Places. But yeah. oh, Beverly Hills Cop was 84. So, But Beverly Hills Cop was sort of his first true starring vehicle. He, right. he biggest hit of the year. That, mo- that movie was the biggest hit of 84. Mm-hmm. That beat out Ghostbusters, for God's sake. Yeah. Yep. By just a little bit, but it beat it out. Think about that crap. That's globally, a, too. Like, globally, he was killing it. Yeah. Oh. And then by 86, he does Golden Child, which didn't mm-hmm. bomb. I mean, it did okay. 87, he does Beverly Hills Cop 2, hit. Still 88, hit, yeah. Coming to America, ma- another massive hit. Yeah. Huge. And then 89, he does this one. This was definitely what I think most folks would point to as... Probably the downward trend, if nothing else, not necessarily, uh, you could get into a whole quality issue, but I'm thinking more of a box office guarantee. Well, I'm going to tell you what ha- what really started to hurt, too, because it was back-to-back, this another 48 hours. See, I, like, I remember liking that movie. But did, a lot of people did not. I'm sure they didn't. I'm yeah. saying, but, and, and, and again, and I might add the caveat, I was about 14 years old. So. And it still made a lot of money? Yeah. It still made a lot of yes, money but it wasn't, of yeah. the worldwide box office. Yeah. Like, but it it's it made a hundred a hundred million. How did, worldwide. how did Boomerang do? Did it do okay? Because I remember liking it. Boomerang was a hit for him, if I remember right. Okay, so he did Boomerang, Boomerang was a hit. Distinguished that gentleman. Was another one where um, he got crap for. Uh, I think you said that, that before. I don't think other people would have got crap for. He got like there was a uh, one of the things that he got. Um, they said about it was because he he decided to hire. Uh, a predominantly black 
crew. Uh, crew. Yeah. He got so much hate for that. <laughs> they call they call that reverse racism. I remember at the time. Yeah. Like, hey, 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 um, Hollywood, um, your hypocrisy's calling. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes. so, so, and then he did Distinguished Gentleman. Now, was Distinguished Gentleman PG 13? Yes. Because I feel like that is where, because Boomerang was R, I think. That bored the hell out of me, too. And I think, but see, that's yeah. to me where it starts to go downhill a little bit is when he starts to be a, trying to be, you know, and judge it the way you want to judge it. We're trying to be a little bit more family friendly because then shortly thereafter, Metro, which I think was also PG 13, Nutty Professor movies, which I actually, at least the first one I remember liking. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, but he did a lot. He was trying to be a little bit more family friendly. He went but, away yes, from. Yeah, it was like, Moving the word, yes. Oh, and of course, I forgot to mention the 80s. You obviously had Delirious and Raw as far as two well, huge concert movies that did big box up. At least Raw did. I know Raw was huge. I remember when that came out. Oh, Delirious, too. Yeah. So, oh, let me tell you what. Yeah, it, the budget for uh, <laughs> Boomerang was $42 million, right? Uh-huh. The box office, it made $131 million. Yeah, that's not too, that's so, not too yes. bad. Yeah. It Making was a three, big hit more, three, time, three times your money back, not too shabby. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. we're talking about inflation and all that, oh, yeah. and it made $131 million. Well, when you think about Beverly Hills Cop came out the same year as Ghostbusters, Gremlins, I mean, that's uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah. 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 Now, I, I want to add the caveat, because I'm sure somebody right now going, I hey, Temple of Doom beat it. I think it was the highest grossing comedy of the year. I want to say it may have been the highest grossing overall. I suppose it is possible with today's technology to look up such information. Um, well, <laughs> yes. But but, I, but but are we? No. Well, I, no. Maybe. So, <laughs> well, cause I re- well, the reason why I bring it up is because I remember reading an article about the fact that uh, he was originally invited to be a part of Ghostbusters. He was going to be Winston Zedmore. That was, oh, right. There was, I there, yeah, that. We found this article because yeah. Dan Aykroyd wanted him because obviously the Saturday Night Live connection. And I think he wanted, when he was working on the script, wanted Eddie Murphy. And I guess from what I understand, Eddie Murphy pretty much thought the whole idea was dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and as somebody pointed out, you know, he, that same year he went on to make Beverly Hills Cop and that was the better call because that proved he yep. could, he could lead, he was the lead. He would have been part of an ensemble cast. Even if mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, you could make the argument is more iconic. Beverly Hills Cop is still pretty damn iconic. And he was the lead. Yeah, and he was the lead. Yeah. Although quick trivia, who was originally supposed to be Beverly Hills Cop? Like who could be more Opposite white actress. Oh yeah, but who could be more opposite? I know this one. I heard it so many times that I forgot the name. I know this. Uh, Yeah, I've heard. I've read this so many times. Sylvester Stallone. That's right. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Talk about contrast. Uh, I mean, I love Sly, but seriously, too, like but that, that is so not like that would have been a totally, especially in that time period, because this was before. It would have been a throwaway film because, you know, it would have just been him. just it killing would, everybody. I, yeah, and It yeah. wouldn't have been funny at all. Like the, the whole no. comedy angle would have been gone. It would have been him. Because this is before everybody. he did Oscar and you know, Stopper. My mom will shoot. So he didn't right. have it in his head. He could do comedy yet. Although uh, he had to no, actually, 84 <laughs> is when he did Rhinestone. <laughs> so he was starting to think. Well, the he joke could. was on him, though, for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he was still thinking he could do comedy. Okay, <laughs> according to... All right, I stand corrected. Uh, if we, if Wikipedia is to be believed. Okay. 
according to the final tallies. Now, I, it makes me wonder. I would be curious to know: Are they considering domestic gross only from when it originally went out? Because, like, when they put Ghostbusters out at the theater here recently uh, to promote the Blu-ray or whatever in the 30th anniversary. I went and saw it. I know it probably made some money there. But you add to that, they stayed in theaters longer. Yes, they did. But according to this, Ghostbusters did beat it out by right around four grand, three, uh, three to four uh, grand. Yeah, right, three to four million. Mm-hmm. But in, in what well, we're talking about, two thirty-eight versus two thirty-four. Yeah, it, it, it beat out Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which was number three. So Beverly Hills mm-hmm. Cop was number two. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was number three with one seventy-nine. So that's a pretty big drop. Gremlins uh, uh. is four. Think, listen, to, I may have to rethink my whole 82. You know what it is? 82, I think, is the best year for straight-up sci-fi horror. 84, though, listen to this top 10, dude. Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins, The Karate Kid, Police Academy. Okay, we'll let that one go. Footloose, <laughs> The Terminator, Romancing the Stone, and Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Damn, I was in the movies a lot that year. That's just the top Holy 10. Shit. I was in them. <laughs> The movies a lot that year because I saw all those. I saw yes. basically I would say eighty percent of those I saw in the, in wow. the movies. Well, I was pretty. I was only. Where did I get I all was, that money? I, I was no seven, job. or was I eight? I guess I was eight in eighty four. So I saw. I know I saw Ghostbusters. I didn't get to see Temple of Doom because. That was, remember, the whole big kerfuffle. Actually, my mom didn't want me to see Gremlins, but my parents had gotten divorced right around that time. Uh, so yep. I, that, was the, yeah, was the, that was the angry, uh, I'm going to take you to see it anyway, kid. Yeah. So he took me to see Gremlins. Karate Kid, I remember what seeing in the theater. Saw that in the movies, too. I don't think yeah. I saw Romance in the Stone in the theater. I think I did. Yes, I, I did. Actually, I so I only saw, too. let's see, I saw one. We were older than you, Joel. Yeah. You we guys, were good. At, we were good old. At, obviously good at begging because none of us. <laughs> would have had jobs, so we would have begged yeah. our parents. I, yeah, thirty percent. I, I got thirty percent of these in the theater. Yeah, and that's when we—that's when your parents could drop you off at the movie theater. At yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. All yeah. right, guys. Well, let's just go ahead and uh, pack this one up, put it to bed. Harlem Nights. Uh, wait, wait, fi- wait, wait. We have to just say a name. A name. Yeah, because Daryl said it before. Jasmine Guy. Yes. Yes, Whitley. Whitley from a different world. Yes, she played it well. That was a sensual Dominique scene too. LaRue. Dominique Larue. And that part actually made me laugh. That's in the trio. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna put the voodoo on you. Yeah, <laughs> Red Fox <laughs> with the roots. Uh, yep, the roots. And I love when he leaves, and Richard Pryor or Sugar Ray looks at looks at uh, what was his name? Benny looks at Benny, Benny and he and he kind of under his breath goes. Voodoo? <laughs> like really? Are yeah. You, are you are you serious? <laughs> For real? <laughs> uh, you did a lot of that in this movie, Sugar Ray. Yes. Uh, uh, Richard Pryor. And I love the scene. One thing I have to call out, is I love the scene, even though they were this thing got crap for being violent or whatever, there was such a, a message that uh, Sugar was trying to say to Quick about when you die, you know, being a, being a, a gangster and really being tough, being tough is when you, when you finally do die, you die at old age. Yeah. Around your kids and your and your, and your grandkids and your, and, and your family, like that's that's being tough. Yeah, you know, like that's that. Zero. Actually, you know, I like out, that. Yeah, yeah, going out like this. It was such a. It was it was a small scene, but it meant it was such a uh, uh, an emotional yeah. scene underneath it yeah, all. Going out at twenty seven or something. Uh, what he says is it's, it's not, not tough. tough. No, yeah, not that, not that tough was that scene. A final a final comment from either of you. 
you know, in the, the the first scene where after the quick as a kid has shot the the snaggletooth mother, <laughs> and they walk out, and and uh, Sugar Ray say, "So, so you shot him? How about some ice cream?" <laughs> and they just leave. It's like holy! It, it doesn't even matter that they just threw the guy who was he was shot in the forehead. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good shot. Yes, yeah. Was. Uh, you want some ice cream? Which is a callback to when he does the three shots at the uh, yeah when they do that scene with uh, with uh, Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Another thing that the way that uh, when she comes in, uh, Della Reese. Vera says, you can kiss my black ass. Yes. I would have told you, Benny, but you probably couldn't find it, you blind. <laughs> <laughs> that was so the, 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 the lines in this movie is, uh, they're, they're just out of this world. I love this. Uh, oh, Della Reese. Our family should be. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we're ending it. That, did you say that's how a family should, should be? be. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. That's how it's ending right there. Thanks for listening. And for even more retro movie goodness, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave a review. It helps more people find out about the show. And a special thanks to JV at YourSecretIdentity.com for all the fantastic music you've heard throughout this show. So swing on by ForgottenFlix.com where we've got great retro reviews, articles, games, tons of past podcast episodes and interviews, and more. <laughs> <laughs>